For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Okay, so let's go to Jill first. And what did you think about the DNC convention? Doom and gloom. Um, the emphasis was on feelings and not issues. Um, I came away with, you know, the same feeling that if, Mr. Biden hasn't been able to do things uh, that amounted to much, at least as far as what I'd like to see happen for the country up until now. After having 40 years, he probably isn't going to. And as for Kamala Harris, I really don't have anything much to say about her. All I need to know is that she hails from California. That's all I need to know. Yeah, so I know. that's it yeah. in a nutshell. We all know how she made it to the top, too. Um, well, yeah, we do, and uh, but it's not only that. I, I will say this. I had a personal interaction with her on Twitter, and it was not pleasant. So if people think that she means what she says when she's out there talking about how she's going to be good for all the American people and she's interested in inclusive, being inclusive and, and having Republicans join the fold, that's a bunch of malarkey. I'm just here to tell you because the way that she talked to me was despicable and the way that she was talking about Ben Shapiro was as well because that was the subject matter. Well, she has been known to be vicious. So, yeah. And that's including her staff. And, uh, you know. Well, how she treated Kavanaugh was pathetic, too. Oh, yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, anyway, that's, that's the way I came I came away with not much other than just really feeling like, um, you know, they, they almost portray themselves like they're living in fear over this virus. And it has a 98, 99%, you know, survival rate. I just don't understand all the hoopla about it. I just don't. I mean, I understand yeah. it's a rough thing. I know a lot of people have died. But you know what? A lot of people die every year from Alzheimer's, too. And a lot of people die every year from cancer. More people die from cancer than that have died from this. Yeah. So well, I, I, I just don't see the, I don't see it. They're trying to instill fear in in people because that way they are guaranteed that they could steal the election because they're banking on nobody showing up at the polls. Well, right, and mailing it in. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I hear you. But anyway, that's my general take on the DNC. Well, thank you. Uh, Mark? Yep. I saw the DNC as more or less Easter morning. Easter morning for a child. They, they run to the uh, wherever the Easter baskets are placed, and you have nothing but chocolate candy and chocolate eggs and sugar on top of sugar, just a bunch of junk, really. And that's all the DNC was. It was prepackaged, pre-taped junk to feed to the American people. And the children were giddy and gaga over it. If you watch CNN or MSNBC, there's almost a collective orgasm in that whole newsroom when these people start mounting their, their skullduggers. And for the yeah. most part, not one significant thing was said during the DNC, except for we hate Orange Man because Orange Man made us look like, made us look like fools in 2016. And that's an extension of not just the people in the DNC who gave speeches, that's an extension of the media. And the reason for that is because the media, the DNC, all these collaborators got together and they said, we're going to make sure that Donald Trump 
bad orange man, does not become the president. And with all their cheating, with all their nonsense, and with all their skullduggery, they decided that they were going to put Hillary Clinton, and she was going to be the first woman to be president. They believed this such, in fact, that they went to the Javits Center in New York. They installed a glass ceiling, which was going to be broken that night when she gave her victory speech on the, with the tears of a million Trump fans. Yeah. Well, what ended up happening was people who um, you know, actually think for a living, they went ahead and went to the polls, and they decided that they were going to vote for the person that needed to be in the White House, not the <laughs> one that was supposed to be uh, uh, inaugurated. I mean, um, the one that was um, supposed to be appointed by the media. So you've had a a three-and-a-half-year revenge party coming out of the RNC and the the media because orange man bad, orange man won. So that's all the DNC was. It was the fear and gloom and doom and all the crap that the Democrat Party has been spouting for the last 200 years, give or take. And you know what? It didn't work. And if you look at the poll numbers at this point, the major poll numbers, the major polls, the ones that the media keep on spouting, they're getting close. It's so close, in fact, that, that Joe Biden got out of the basement. He went one floor up to the living room where they had a fireplace. Yeah. That's how desperate they are at this point. Now he's going to be campaigning in swing states, you know, the, the states that Trump's been voting in, I mean, uh, right. campaigning in since uh, 2015. Well, I, wanted, I would love to see Joe Biden's internal polls. I know I'll never get to see them, but I would love to see his internal polls because at this point, they must be crapping themselves. Because... Mm-hmm. We didn't, we haven't gone into the RNC yet, but wait till we get into that one. So that's my take on the DNC. It's a bunch well, of empty calories that causes cavities. Well, he literally got no bounce from the convention. So, and he said he's going to start publicly uh, campaigning after Labor Day after he sees his shadow and can emerge from the basement. But I found it to be very dark. It was very depressing. Um, you know, they brought in all these celebrities hoping they were going to get this monumental viewers to, you know, and nothing happened. You know, and here, well, we'll talk about it later, but all they did was tear America down. They didn't do any uplifting speeches. All they could talk about is, you know, how bad we were, how racist we are, uh, white supremacy, you know, and it's such a way to run a campaign. That's Can I say something real quick, Barb? Yeah. I'm going to tell you guys something. I'm going to make a prediction here, but I mean, I think I know exactly the timing that it happened. The, the moment that Joe Biden lost the election was when he came out on television and said to the whole American public that what he would do to fight coronavirus is that he would listen to the scientists and he would lock us back down again. Yep. That's it. It was over. That's exactly how I think. That's exactly how I feel. And that's exactly what I believe, that he lost the election at that moment. That's my two cents. That's true, because once he shuts down the country, uh, there goes the economy. The economy is roaring back. The stock market is just below 29000 today. I mean, that's exactly where we were in March before all this stuff started. So, I mean, he doesn't care. Shut it down. You crash our economy. That's what Obama wanted and Hillary and so that's exactly what he would do. But I just, how can you stand there for four nights and tell the American people how bad you are? How 
insane you are to be a Trump supporter. You're wrong. You're dead wrong. You know, the speech I heard last night gave me chills. So the whole thing gave me chills. So we'll talk about that in a minute. So that wraps up our DNC analysis. I turn it now back to our handsome host. Esteemed host. All right, so <laughs> I could only stomach a few knots of the DNC. And even then, it was very hard to stomach. But the one thing that I took away from what I did see is that, contrary to conventions past, it was very dark, very dank. The way that they even did the recording was bad. And so, you know, obviously the Republicans learned something from it. But I took away, man, if... if as a political strategist watching that, the only thing I was sitting there thinking was, boy, Joe Lockhart's having a cow because, yeah, he's going to go on TV and he's going to say that it was great and it was this and it was that. And I can tell you with 100% certainty that the Democrat strategists are smacking their heads going, what the hell are they smoking? Mm-hmm. And so coming out of this convention, he didn't get a bounce. Usually the party outside of the White House gets a bounce. He got nothing. Yeah. I heard. More, more importantly, what everybody needs to understand is that there were several focused polling groups that were watching this thing, and they were getting people's immediate reactions to the various speeches. And the the thing was that yes. Hang on a second. The one of the girls called, and I didn't want it to come on the recording. Anyway, um, and so. They were getting people's immediate reactions to the various polls or the various speeches, and independents were trending exactly along the lines with Republicans during the Democratic speeches. And then, during the Republican convention, which we're going to get to here in a minute, is everybody was, the independents were trending with the Republicans during all the speeches, including President Trump's. And we'll talk a little more about what that means. But now I want everybody's take on the Republican convention and who was the best speaker overall. Take President Trump out of it. Who was the best speaker overall? And, Barbara, I'll let you handle the going around the table. Okay. Well, uh, Jill, go first again. Jill? Uh, yeah, that's, this is a tough one. Um, you know, best speech or best emotional speech. I mean, there was a lot of different types of speeches, so it, it's kind of hard to label one as being best. Um, out of the congressmen and, and the people like that were, are in his administration, um, I like what Matt Goetz had to say. Okay. Um, Mark? Melania Trumps. For the simple fact that she was not born in this country. She was born in a communist country and worked her way to America. And then when she got to America, she worked her way into a citizenship. And now she's the first lady of the United States. If her story is not the best story to come out of this convention, both this one and in 2016, there is no stories. The fact that she lived the American dream, not as a person who was dependent upon the government, but used what she knew, her abilities, and she became an American, 
because of that. Mm-hmm. If you want to have a debate about, if you really want to have a debate about immigration, she should be the poster child. She is someone from, I was born in Serbia, a communist country at the time. After the, even during communism, her family and she learned and took care of what they needed to take care of then when the uh when the revolution start st- uh happened she became a model she used her uh she used her looks she didn't do it like kamala harris but she used her uh he, she used herself and she branded herself and she became a she became a self-made woman so by the time she got to America, she was already a millionaire, but she knew America was the land of opportunity. So she came there with her with her parents, or at least her mother. And she just happened to, to fall in love with a businessman out of New York City. And a few years later, that businessman became the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. And one of the most beautiful women in the world, how is she treated? She's treated like an ignorant, I, she can't, an ignorant twit who can't speak English. Thank you, Beth Miller. Um, but, yeah, right. Wasn't that awful? Well, okay, well, now can I, I? What's the last thing Beth Miller did? She was a witch in Hocus Pocus. So, you know, uh, I was, care. I yeah. Was on Twitter to answer the bitch. I, mean, I don't even talk with that shit. I, I don't even want to talk about her because she's so... She's so yesterday that it doesn't matter. She has no you know, Beth Midler is a has-been. She's an old woman that needs to just back off. Her, her time in Hollywood and everything is pretty much behind her. Melania Ridiculous. Melania to Democrats because of the fact that she was a self-made woman who came to America not seeking a handout from the government, but to make a better life. Yeah, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that, Mark. But I just want to interject something here, real quick. The reason I like Mac Getz's speech was because he talked about good things about America, and about the citizens here, and about what we have here. And you know, while I know that we are a country of immigrants, we are also a country of a lot of natural-born citizens. I happen to be one of them. My family goes back to the 1600s in this country. So when all I ever hear about is how great it is to live the American dream and how great it is to be a foreigner, to be able to come here, it's a little bit disheartening sometimes because we are so much more than just a country that is open for foreigners to come here and make a better life for themselves. You know, we are a land of opportunity for the people who are born here too. And I just think that we're we're playing into the Democrats' hands because they are so about immigration. They're so about people of color. They're so about separating the gays from the women, from the, from the refugees, from the Muslims. From the, they're all in their own little groups, but yet they're inclusive. It's a bunch of malarkey, and it's time that the citizens, the natural-born citizens that were born here, raised here, said a pledge of allegiance every day in the, in the morning at school to the flag and stood and didn't let that flag touch the ground when we had flag duty at school. Those are the kinds of things that we also need to talk about because the patriotism is what has been lacking in this country. I know for a fact it's a, a land of opportunity for foreigners. But one of the, found, the founders had issue with too much foreign influence. And if people can't see that that's what's going on in this country, we're not paying attention. So I just think we need to focus a lot more on what it means to be an American citizen. Born here, raised here, and what did we do growing up and, and how things were and, and why it was such a great life for all of us, us boomers. Maybe we should get a platform for a change. Because frankly, I'm tired of hearing from the millennials, and I'm tired of hearing from the Generation X's that are out in the streets causing trouble. There you go. 
please turn their the cages are Obama's construct. <laughs> um, we like to we like to welcome Tammy, and um, we're getting everybody's views on what they thought of the DNC convention, and who was uh, did you think besides President Trump the best speaker of the RNC convention? Turn your TV down, anybody? Hello? Well, Mark is back. Okay. Well, Tammy doesn't want to speak, so <laughs> I will tell you not. I will tell you Mark. No, oh, I thought you said to be quiet, so I was being quiet. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tammy. No harm, no foul. Hey, everybody. Uh, we got some tornado weather up here and some rain and some wind. And Duncan, how does that look? So who did, what did you think of the DNC convention? Me, I did not watch any of the DNC. I watched almost every bit of the RNC because I was hearing, you know, how bad it was. I was like, well, it's not even a waste. I'm, you know, I'd rather watch the Hallmark Channel um, yeah. or you know, have a root canal or something. But yeah. I, every night after the RNC, it was like, I don't know how they're going to top this. Uh, but every day they succeeded. It was phenomenal. I wrote a lot of comments on Facebook where everybody was saying that they had, you know, that were older than me. Yes, there's people that are older than me, Fabian. Um, they were older than me that had been watching the RNC since back in the 50s and that they had mm-hmm. never seen anything like it and probably won't again and that it was how phenomenal it was. It was very good. Uh, my speaker from the night, from the four nights, had to be the parents of the girl that was killed by ISIS. I was so they moved. were they were very good. I there there so were several. I, I would have to do a favorite every night. Maybe I don't know. They, yeah. I mean, all of them, and I missed. I had a couple of meetings um, that I went to, so I missed some um, Wednesday night, I believe it was. I missed some Wednesday night. Um, I missed the nun who was the surgeon and was in the military and then went into the nunnery. Um, they said that she was phenomenal, um, so I missed her. She was really good. Yeah, yeah I heard that she was really, really good I, I think that the parents of Mr. and Mrs. Muir um, drove home the fact that if President Trump had been in office, her daughter would be alive. Because yeah, Obama, Obama did absolutely nothing to bring this girl home. No. So I was very moved by that. And we turn it back to our esteemed host. He's still here. <laughs> Fabian. Fabian. Hey, political Superman. Hello. I'm here. Did you all bother to tell who your favorite speakers were? Because I only heard one. Yeah. Oh, I have a different. Yeah. One. I have a different one every night, or two or three. There, there. There's just too many to to nail that down to one a night. I mean, it was just. It was some of the best TV that I've seen in a long time. Yeah. I mean, it it it. It's almost kind of like what, what we used to talk about Madonna, I mean Madonna, Medea movies, you know, Tyler Perry, because he would take you through a roller coaster. That's one thing about his 
Medea movies. You know, you're laughing, you're crying, you're jumping up and down, you're hooping and hollering. I mean, this was, you know, one minute you're crying and the next minute, you know, you're just swelled and filled with pride for our country. And, Mm -hmm. you know, how wonderful it has been and, and can be and will be. You know, it's none of this fighting and stuff in the streets. I just watched uh, an interview with Rand Paul and his wife, with Tucker Carlson, and this skirmish or scrimmage or whatever you want to call it that they got into leaving last night, walking to their hotel room. And, you know, me just being there in February, I thought how we, we walked from our hotel, we probably walked six, eight, ten blocks from our hotel to a steak restaurant and you know there you can't take your gun with you or anything and i never felt in danger you know walking all walking all those blocks but if you see that video it's compelling and those people all need to be arrested and they all need to be put in jail for a long time well the mayor ought to be arrested for allowing it well, that was. By the way, by the way, uh, there was a live broadcast. I won't say which one that I watched this afternoon, and um, at the DC, uh, you know, whole thing that was going on, which was supposed to be patterned after, you know, the the one that took place there several years ago, right. and. Uh, they walked at one point, they walked up to the AG's location and uh, had a bunch of people get on their little foghorns and say, say some stuff. And I caught on <laughs> a woman who was obviously Antifa with a spray, pan, spray can of paint started spray painting the, the concrete in front of the AG's building. Uh, the name of that most recent kid that was from uh, that was shot in the back, the black man in the back. Yeah, I forget it. Yeah, Flake. Well, anyway, she wrote his name in uh, spray paint on the ground, and I took some screenshots and sent them to the president. <laughs> I got her face in the whole nine. I mean, <laughs> this this kid. They need to stop it. They need to get it stopped. He had a rap sheet. He was going for a deadly weapon when the cops shot him. I mean, mm-hmm. he was already past arrested for being armed with a deadly weapon. So, you know, oh well. They don't want to hear that. No. They don't want to. They don't want to hear or have any accountability for the stuff that they're doing that is causing this. And it's so unfortunate because, you know, we all know, we can tell, because it's happened a few times, that there are incidences where there's, you know, things that shouldn't happen on the part of the police. And, um, and we can't really address it because they won't, they're not willing to look at all the facts and, and all they're part of it. It's a bad it's a bad thing that they're doing by putting a partial video out online nowadays because it tells a story that's not the true story and then they go off on their tangent and they and then off go the riots sometimes I'm beginning to I'm beginning to think that these things are orchestrated hate to say it but I do Oh yeah it is no doubt they're paid Eight processors. Hmm. I mean, what is the example that you're going to have? Okay, who was the first one? George Floyd. Then there was that guy down in Atlanta. And now this kid up in uh, Wisconsin. Okay, that's three just in election season. Now, what are the chances of that? I don't know. It's too much. It's, it's 
There's just something rotten in Denmark right now. Obey the orders that people give you. Obey the orders that people in authority give you, and you will go home. Obey direct orders from the police. It seems we've lost our host. I know that. You know that. We all know that. They don't know that. They were taught. I am convinced that many were taught from a very young age to fear the white man and specifically the police. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, oh they do the research every, every, everywhere. I had a heated conversation with a ignorant liberal last night about Joanne Reed who is on MSDNC. And, you know, she came out and said how racist it was. I said, this coming from a woman who is the most racial bigot on cable news. You know, and I said, she didn't just doubt that. She was taught that at a very early age to hate white people. It's the only answer because, you know, she didn't just wake up one morning and say, oh, my God, I hate white people. She's been this way for a long time. Hello. Is this a black woman or a white woman? She's a black woman. She took okay. Over, she took over Chris Matthews' spot on MSDNC, and she's been racist for years, so yeah. she always plays the race card, always. Yeah. And Don Lemon came out and said, well, just because I say hateful things about Trump doesn't mean I'm biased. Really? Oh, my Lord. Okay, this is a person who's backpedaling, okay, because I think his superiors are telling him what to say, and then, you know, because they're scripted, that's obvious, and, and he's trying to backpedal. I mean, that's the way I see him. I, he, he, to me, he's a, he's a fake. He's a fraud. Yeah, well, they all he are. He is fake. He is fake. You know, the one thing I definitely want in people that are in leadership positions is authenticity. The problem that we have and have had in Washington that is the root of all of these problems is lying. They're, li they're liars and they get away with it. Look at Adam Schiff and what he did during the impeachment hearing as an example. Perfect example. He's always been a weasel. Okay, well, that guy, because of what he did in a congressional hearing as a chairman, he should have been requested to have been immediately to resign from his position as on the committee, and he should be asked to resign from Congress and never to be able to run to another Congress position again. If they had that kind of accountability, we wouldn't have these problems. Not as long as Nancy Pelosi is speaker. Okay, so time for me to chime in. Number one. Um, yes, Nadler and Schiff both should face ethics charges for what they've done. Now, the catch-22 to that is that up until January the 3rd of next year, lost you. Up Can't hear you. Up until January 3rd of next year, they can face ethics charges. Once you get, once you get past the the third, it starts a new Congress, and so the new term, yeah, the new Congress cannot go back and hold the old Congress accountable for what would have happened in that. Are you kidding? Um, no, I'm serious. <laughs> Hence, you have the problems. We, he just, they get away with it. 
Yeah, who came up with that law, and where would we find it? Well, it's how Congress covers their butts. Oh, no, I know they do, but I'm just simply saying it's always been that way because you've had career politicians on both sides of the aisle who covered for each other. Simple as that, regardless of who was in control of the House or the Senate. You know, I mean, that was the way that they operated for years. That was why Trump won the election, <laughs> was to get rid of those people. So you have uh, you you do have that issue, and so back to the RNC. I felt that there were three very powerful moments in the RNC. Okay, number one, Tim Scott. Yeah. I think Tim Scott and his statement that he went from cotton to Congress in one generation. It was a great statement. I- all I can say to that is, wow. Okay? So, there's that. Yeah, that was awesome. The, the next part, the second statement of the convention came when that young man in a wheelchair was right. out there. They brought that walker out there, and he stood up, and he said, one nation under God, indivisible. And listen, there ain't anybody anywhere under any circumstances going to come after and attack that boy. Now, I did see the Democrats said that he was um, basically making fun of Black Lives Matter by standing up. No, what he was doing was he was showing those no-count sons of bitches that refused to stand up, that even though he's a paraplegic, he was going to stand up. And you know what? I would have that crap on a campaign ad so fast that it's not even funny. Well, listen, I have an idea for reparations. I think we should give it to him. And I think it should, it, it should encompass... Now, wait, 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 listen. I think it should be a uh, round-trip ticket, good for a uh, full six months there to go to fly to Africa and to spend their time there in Africa for six months. And at the end of the six months, they get to decide whether or not they want to come back and live the American dream or if they want to stay in their homeland. That's the reparations they get. I think that's... I, you know... I don't necessarily think that's a bad idea. However, I can just go ahead and tell Fund you. all their trips. I don't care if it's a trillion dollars. Fund them all. Because yeah, I am sick of them littering and defacing our streets and tearing down our statues. I'm sick of it. You know what? Let's just say it like it is. The white man came here and we built this damn town. We built this. We built the buildings. We paid for them. We slaved on them. We worked the farms. We, it wasn't, you know, the slavery was, was what it was when it was. But that's not the whole of it. And there were a whole lot of people in this country that never owned the first slave. In fact, many of the white people died so that they could have their freedom. So I really don't want to hear about any more white privilege, and I really don't want to see any more statues of our history torn down, and I'd like to clean up our universities and hire professors that are from this country and that teach real history, not the bull crap that they're doing in the universities today. Okay. So, all right. Barbara, did you unmute that number? No, who is it? Just unmute it. All right. Okay. Bob, are you on? Thank you, Jack. You're quite welcome, young sir. How are you? Good. Good. Fantastic. I'm enjoying listening. Right. In, in case you all don't know, and most of y'all won't, this is Bob. He comes and visits me every day at the coffee shop at about the same time, except yesterday. He was a little early. 
and we have a few minutes. We talk a little politics, and he tries to convince me to vote for Joe Biden every day. <laughs> and if you believe, and if you believe that. <laughs> <laughs> Recording pause. <laughs> yeah. Right, so Excuse Bob, me while I, I uh, wipe my brow. <laughs> All right. So, Bob, give us your take on, and we hadn't got to President Trump's speech yet, so you'll be the first one to give analysis of President Trump's speech. What did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? <clears throat> well, what I didn't like was, one, he was probably a little bit too long, and several times he seemed to repeat himself. But I think that was just to get, you know, a point across. And bringing out the fact that, you know, Biden has said he's going to bring us back to the light and Trump's going to keep us in the dark. Well, I was just thinking, man... I never figured I'd go to the dark side, but I guess I have. Um, being a <clears throat> deplorable, you know, deficient, deplorable person. Um, you know, basically, you know, he he, reiter- he just reiterated all the things. I mean, he laid out his, his program. Um, you know... Uh, he laid out, uh, you know, the wall, uh, rebuilding the military, all the different things that he's done to support the black, well, all the minority communities, you know, um, higher pay, higher employment, uh, opportunity zones, um, you know, work hard and play by the rules. Um I also think that, you know, hopefully he he went back through again, you know, on the coronavirus. And, you know, when he started or when the coronavirus started, you know, back um, in December, you know, China reported the discovery to the World Health Organization. Okay. Set in January, we start screening our airports. Uh, 21 January, we had our first case in the United States. And right after that, we started testing. And then, of course, uh, 31 January, he uh, banned travel from China. Well, you know, the Democrats never said a word about it. They were too busy trying to impeach him. Um, Anyway, he went through, you know, his, what he's done to fight COVID, you know, uh, it's amazing how he has been able, one, to redo the production lines in this country for simple things like face masks, but then the, the ventilators. You know, that's a very complicated machine. Um, building the hospital, you know, in Javits Center, the two ships, I mean, he, <coughs> excuse me. I mean, he, he did so much, and the trouble, you know, nobody really knew. I mean, now we can sit back and say, well, you made a mistake, and I'm not defending Como in New York, but, you know, when he sent old people back to the nursing homes, did he know better? Now, he might have. I don't know. But, you know, we didn't know, and the guy's been uh, – He's been uh, he's been with it, you know, the whole time, uh, right or wrong, uh, you know, lockdowns, and you know, I think nobody ever talked about all the other deaths that were happening. How many flu deaths have we had? You know, and there was some Democrat early on that said, well, you know, CNN and those guys were saying the flu is worse than coronavirus but how many flu deaths how many deaths by car wreck how many deaths by opioids how many deaths by you know heart attacks and diabetes and i would submit that a lot of the covid deaths probably were 
either diabetes, heart attacks, cancer, but they got listed as COVID. Now, that's just my opinion. Um, anyway, I don't know. Have I, have I been to here enough? I could go on for 30 minutes. You, you, in fact, have touched on something that has proven to be fact, <laughs> and that is that they are they are that they are overbilling under COVID to get more money. So if they had a touch of the virus but died of a heart attack, it's COVID. Oh, and even in Italy, they reclassified 88% of their deaths. You can Google Italy death, um, I forgot what they call it, reclassification. Uh, and the name of the uh, newspaper is The Telegraph. And it will tell you they reclassified 88% of their COVID deaths. To what? To what? To whatever they were. They were COVID. They took 88% okay. of the deaths that they had classified as COVID and reclassified them to either cancer, heart attack, or diabetes, or, you know. Right. Well, in the United States, and I know this for a fact, a regular cancer patient, heart failure, diabetes, Medicaid pays five grand for those patients' care in the hospital, okay? The difference being, if they were put on a ventilator in the hospital with COVID, they were paid $39,000 per patient. So when the political superman brought up the money, he was right on target. I usually am. Now, actually, we can step further. Here we go. And I can, I can tell you, not one person has ever died of AIDS. Just like not one person has ever died of COVID-19. <clears throat> because both viruses, they don't cause death. They cause the symptoms that cause death. Now, for the most part, COVID-19 is a, is a cold. It's a cold that's, that's devastating us because we haven't had the immunity to it yet. In a few years, we're gonna have, this is going to be something in the past. that we, you, When you're struck with COVID-19, it's like, oh, yeah, just stay out a week. You'll be fine. Uh, don't worry about it. But it's the way the immune system works. The opportunity comes in with the media and the politicians who they use this in the Saul Walensky view of never let a crisis go to waste. And, of course, we have a crisis, so the Democrats are going to make sure that we make, that they push it down our throats. That's why you see the mask everywhere. The, do the mask help? No, no. If they do, it's minimal. But does wearing a mask show that you live in fear? Yes. Yep. One of the things I took away at the last five minutes of the of the DNC was that they were such that they were fearful. They were living in fear. They had those black masks covering their faces. You know, like like they shouldn't be speaking out of anything. They're just they're just empty suits. They're puppets. And that was a great representation of what happened at the end of the, the RNC, DNC. They were just masked. They were just masked puppets on television for the amusement of their handlers. Yeah, you All right. The so, Star Wars thing that start playing. So first yeah. off, you need to know that after the DNC convention, they had people polling. They had people doing focus groups, et cetera, et cetera. And they saw the same thing that we saw as a political analyst, and that is, look, our message is not resonating with anybody except the ultra-left. Right. Okay? And that's why Biden's coming out of the basement. But Biden has already made three statements, three, that have cost him this election. Okay. This election is over. I think I mentioned one earlier. 
It's just a matter of how many electoral votes does Trump get this time that he didn't get last time. Okay, so number one, and probably the most dangerous one, was when I'm president, there will be a national mask mandate. Yep. Always one. Now, and lockdown. Let's not forget that. <laughs> even moderate Democrats don't want to see the Fed coming in and trying to mandate everybody. Okay, the second statement that he made that will cost him the election is when I'm president, I'm going to repeal Trump's tax cuts and raise taxes. Mm -hmm. And the last one, which is going to cost him, but this one's going to cost him in states. This one isn't going to cost him. It's going to cost him West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and most likely Minnesota. And that is, I will do away with all fossil fuels. Oh, yeah. Okay, stupid. You don't go say that in cold country. He's against fracking. Yeah. He'll he'll say that, well, I'm always going to raise taxes on the hill, but I'm going to repeal the Trump tax cut. Well, (laughs) hello. Well, the reason he's coming out of the base is that they have seen the tracking poll. And the tracking polls say that he's losing more and more of the independent voters. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, for any of you guys that have listened to this program for more than six months, know that there is no such thing as an independent voter. There are people that like to think they're independent, but they're really not. There is no such thing as an independent voter. As a matter of fact, the political strategist, when I hear somebody say that they're an independent voter, I rub my hands together and realize that I've got one gigantic schmuck that I will have vote my way. Okay? Now, that's no offense to anybody. Queen schmuck to you. Okay? It's queen schmuck. You might have got to get it right. And, or at least make so, it schmuck at. Now, Amanda, be nice. That's not Amanda. Oh, Amanda's not I'm on here. Oh, I'm sorry. Amanda, that was Jill. That's all right. It's no problem. <laughs> By the way, um, for those of you that don't know, let me go around the table. We have a common group of people that we bring on and let speak each week and don't really say anything to them. They sometimes get mad and hang up, um, Tammy, Jill. Uh, other times, <laughs> Mark, Smuckhead, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so we have Jill. She is. We call her Green Bean. We have Tammy, who is Mark, Chloe. Oh, wait a minute! Wait a minute! We forgot something. Cruise crew. What? The cruise crew. Oh, cruise crew. Now we do call her Cruise crew too, but we we've been called her Green Bean. Then we have Tammy. She is a school board member. She's damn it, Chloe. We have Barbara. And for nice purposes, I won't call her what I normally call her. The producer. Producer. Um, we'll just call her the producer. And then we have uh, Mark. He is the political swamp thing when he fills oh, in for me to the show. And then there is my beautiful woman, Amanda, as known as the political Wonder Woman. Okay. Or, or boss lady. We we primarily call her boss lady on here, but jeez, she gets Wonder Woman, and I get Green Bean. <laughs> well, <laughs> it really sucks, man. <laughs> It could be worse. 
They wanted to call you corn cob because you were. Yeah, I was going to say, you used to give me all kinds of crap about the corn. Look, it's like this. It's cruise, cruise, fine. In fact, let me have a little plug moment. 2024, 2024, 2024, all those deregulations. Trump, uh, you know, I know Ted had some say in that. I was surprised he didn't speak. So let us rewind back to 2016. After the RNC. Oh, do we have to? (laughs) (laughs) When Jill, when, when Jill, listen, okay, so Jill, I don't want you to get mad, but I have to tell this. So back when when uh, Ragtag first started, and we combined doing this show with Ragtag four, four years um, ago, we could count how many times in a show that Jill would say Ted Cruz. Or Cruz. <laughs> okay. and we had a running tally, and by the time we quit counting, she had said either Ted Cruz, Cruz, Cruz. Or uh, Lion Ted, L I O N Ted, she had said it nearly 4,000 times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't and sit and count all that. That's a bunch of hogwash. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hey, did we not count these? We did count. Uh, well, you know what? Let me tell you something. Hey, Let me tell you something. You want to talk about the differences between the DNC and the RNC? It's real simple. There's no God in the DNC, and there's plenty of God in the RNC. And Ted Cruz does contribute to that. I know that when he was on the campaign trail in 2016, which because I was part of his cruise crew, he did get to see his pastor, the one that led him to the Lord in Tennessee. And since you all, the majority of you are from Tennessee, you might like to know that his pastor, Wiley, that brought his father to the Lord and then also saved his family uh, from divorce and then also led Ted to the Lord, uh, he was reunited with him in Tennessee when he was on the campaign trail. And I thought, I sat and watched that man get tears in his eyes talking about him and introducing him to everybody that was at that rally. So therein lies your difference. The Republican National Convention has God. Yeah, I couldn't believe when I read that the DNC on their, what is it they call when they vote on their agenda for the convention? Yes, their platform. Yeah, that they took God out of it. I could not, you know, I'm going, my God. What's wrong with these people? Well, what do you want? I mean, Joe's biggest news item today, uh, this week was he just got endorsed by Planned Parenthood. You know what's wrong with those people? There's a combination. One, they're evil. Some are evil. And two, the others are uninformed. Because the truth of the matter is, is that they believe that the separation of church and state is to protect the state from the church. They got it ass backwards. It's as simple as that. Yeah. They come across that way. And it's, it's, I can't tell you how many times on Facebook I have explained the difference to, to some liberal online about what church and state was and how it came to be and then posted a, 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 an article for them to read about how people left Great Britain because of the massive religious oppression that they were under. There, there goes that education again. But, I mean, you know, that's the truth. You know, there's no document for a president. The U.S. has no document but separation of church and state. That was made by ben, by by um, Thomas Jefferson because the that's colony correct. of Virginia wanted to make the Baptist religion the official religion of Virginia. And without being Baptist, you had no rights in Virginia. That's where separation of church and state comes from. Wow. Oh, I know. There wasn't it. Was was that considered a Federalist paper? That letter he wrote to the to the Baptist Church? No, because he didn't write the Federalist Papers. It was just, it was it was before the, the, the it was, that was before the American Revolution. That was during the colony of Virginia. 
Okay, so it was before the revolution actually happened. So, so okay, but he did. I knew of the letter that he wrote to the Baptist Church. I just didn't know where it fell in context to, you know, all the documentation. Well, weren't they a lot of the colonists? Weren't they purists? There were purists. There were reformed. Um, there was the Reformed Church in Ohio, uh, where my family was from. Um, Presbyterian. Um, there was there was a lot of different faiths because people wanted to practice their religion in the way that they believed was best for them, you know. And um, but then, of course, when the German people came over to Ohio, at least there was a number of Catholics that came in. So you know, you had your Catholic faith. And then there were Jewish people that came in, so you have your Jewish faith, and it worked out best the way that they had it set up. But you know, it just—it's really unfortunate that that the First Amendment is taken out of context so badly well, because of that Joe, whole separation. Joe and well. Nancy should be excommunicated because of the way they 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 believe in abortion. I mean, in Catholics, that is the number one, you know. That's sense. that's horse hockey because most Catholics vote Democrats. Well, I don't. Well, you know, when's the last time you went to confession? No. Well, now wait a minute. You have to last look at Catholic charities. Last night and twice again this morning. <laughs> again, again, a lot of that has to do with the money thing. You know, I mean, forever and a day, the Republicans have been, have been, and that's another thing that's a big paradigm shift that we all should be talking about, is that forever, you know, we have been accused, the Republicans have been accused of being the, um, you know, the, for the rich and, and so forth. And, you know, that's a bunch of, that's a bunch of baloney. It wasn't back in the day, okay, because republicanism was for the rich. I um, know, and there was a time when the Democrat Party was for the working class, but it seems like it has been, a, there's a paradigm shift that it's under Trump. Maybe it's just he's brought some of his Democrat ways with him, and it's, you know, no, and, and, and consequently you have your populists. It started to change. It started to change when Elon Omar and Rashida Tlaib and AOC were uh, infiltrated. Yep. Yep. I mean, you know, you've got and I and I'm sorry, but I got I got um, scolded by Twitter when I called Omar a jihadist. <laughs> 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 They threatened to put me in Facebook jail today over a post that I made about... Uh, I didn't get... It said it's got job to judge the terrorist, and it's my job to arrange the meeting, U.S. Marines. Him. Oh, that's great. You know how many times I have mentioned the Battle of Tripoli? I think that the, the Democrats and the Zuckerbergs and all of the people that are involved with them just are too stupid to understand what Tripoli is. Because it's the I same thing. I thought, I thought I was going to get in trouble today when I spelled out to a liberal exactly how comma la Harris made it to the top. <laughs> oh, I'll bet that came with great, great, great uh, accolades. All right, so, all right, guys. We're going to do our regular show tomorrow night. This was our RNC and DNC wrap-up. Um, we are simulcast tomorrow night, so that means we'll have to stick to the topics and be a little more formal than we have been tonight. Uh-oh. Simulcast, as in what? No swearing, Jill. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep that to myself. <laughs> I don't mean to anyway, you know, I really don't. But actually, uh, if you'll recall tonight, uh, the political Superman was the first one that used the and sons as bitches uh, exclamation first. <laughs> so when he led with that, I was like, well... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, and I don't like doing that. I don't I don't like using bad language, but sometimes when you get and I feel strongly, I'm sick of these young people tearing up our streets. I, I just, it, it's, God, it is so hard to watch. Yeah, One too many video games of, of Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, the Democrats have definitely overestimated their hand in this because yeah. cities, listen, as much as nobody's talking about this, Portland, Oregon, I guarantee you Trump will win Portland, Oregon. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. He and may not win the rest of the day, but he will win Portland, Oregon. He's most likely going to win Maryland, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina. Let him start in Virginia. He'll win Virginia, too. People are sick of it. I mean, you know, it's just Defund the police. Yeah, go ahead and do that. Defund the police, and we're going to put social workers out on the street to solve your domestic <clears throat> problems. I would not be surprised if you win Illinois. <clears throat> Especially Chicago with that, that ugly uh, baboon-looking thing that they got as mayor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, it is that member. Freedom isn't free. Thank a soldier for without them, we wouldn't have a free country to do this. Thank the families and soldiers for without them, we wouldn't have an all-volunteer army. And I'd like to say thank you to all of our first responders, real nurses, RNs, and such, uh, for all that you do, doctors, doctors, assistants, blah, blah, blah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm the political superman saying, have a good night, everybody. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.